Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour number two of Fantasy Sports today. Hopefully you guys are having a wonderful holiday season. Joe Pizapia and Craig Mish here to break down everything for week 17 in the NFL and also some baseball news and notes as Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia, back with you here on the show. Hopefully you guys are having a great holiday season. Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa. Quiet time, by the way, for professional sports and collegiate sports, by the way, this time of the year. Christmas Day, of course, you just get NBA, more or less. Uh, Christmas Eve, the lone bowl game. And uh, and not much else, honestly, happening um, until... Uh, we fire up back the bowl games here on the 26th. So uh, let, let's kind of dive into some of the latest baseball news and notes. It has been a relatively quiet week, Joe, for baseball news, which isn't surprising because it's around the holiday season. But we did have some moves happen, and let's kind of dive into them. I think the biggest one, although it's not a huge one, is Cesar Hernandez, who had a really good year last year for the Philadelphia Phillies, was uh, was non-tendered. That came as a surprise to, I think, a lot of people. And and just maybe it is because he's a better fantasy player than reality. I'm not really sure. But he was a pretty solid uh, guy in a, let's say, a Roto League to put in that middle infielder spot. And in NL only, you could start this guy every single week. But he signed a one-year deal with the Cleveland Indians. It seems as though this puts the Lindor stuff to a rest. Why would the Indians add if they're not going to compete this year? But Cesar Hernandez, Joe, looks like he's the starting second baseman for the Tribe this year. Well, I guess here's the question. Are they adding him because they're going to move Lindor? Because it gives him more depth in the middle infield to move guys around? I actually yeah. thought the opposite. It's funny yeah, that you thought this. Yeah, I don't think if you tear it, if you tear down, you don't huh. add payroll, I don't think. And not only that, but if well, you're going to tra- trade Lindor, you may get somebody back to play that position. Well, because who does this leave them with now in the middle? I mean, Ramirez is just playing third now, pretty much. I mean, last That's year, it. I think he only played third. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of saw this as like, oh, well, here's a guy a little more middle infield depth in case they move Lindor. That's that was the first thing that popped into my mind. And and with the Phillies now, it's going to be Kingry at third, most likely. You're going to have Segura Segura at short. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, at second base, right? At yeah. second base, rather. Excuse me. So who's who's now shortstop with the Phillies? Uh, Didi Gregorius. Oh, it's right. Didi signed there. That's right. My apologies. So, um, yeah. So all right. So that's your infield, and um, I don't know if that's trying to think defensively too, like you know Cesar Hernandez I think it's a perfectly fine thing you're right in terms of fantasy this is a guy that's basically been kind of a, a 12 and 15 kind of player yeah somewhere around that yeah, range, or under the radar type nice. guy. yeah yeah we'll see a guy like this switching leagues is not usually something I'm in love with it's one thing when Anthony Rendon switches leagues I don't care he's a professional hitter another guy when this <clears throat> this guy's only played in the National League he switches leagues a eh, little bit of a concern there he's going to a, a team that you know, ballpark is good, not as good as Philadelphia in terms of power, 
So we'll see how that shakes out. But I think it's a nice little signing for the Indians going through that. He's also a little bit older than I think people realize, too. He's going to be 30 this year. And he's actually been around for a while. This is going to be his eighth year in the major leagues. It's funny. I, 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 I still feel like he's young, but he's really not when you look at it in terms of baseball age. Yeah, it's funny that the Phillies had him and Freddie Galvis. They had a completely uh, – and Franco, you know, a completely uh, different-looking infield. Yeah, and they, like four uh, years ago. And they've shaken things up for sure, probably for the better. Philadelphia is trying to go for it. And for Cleveland's sake, uh, I can understand your thought process there for sure. I just, again, if Cleveland is tearing down, I don't think they add any payroll at all. Like uh, like the Kluber deal, they got back, you know, prospects, right? Well, so how much they, did they sign him for here? Six million. Amanda. Six million. I don't think they That's add any payroll. No, but I don't think they would add anything. In fact, if they would trade Lindor, my guess is they would get back a second baseman to play or shortstop. Uh, but look, I mean, you look, you could be right. It could, it could be this case. I just I don't, I don't think enough smoke is with the fire on on the Lindor stuff. I think that they're just looking out there to see if they can get this can't uh, can't deny the deal type thing. But I don't know that they have mm-hmm. so far, but we'll see. Look, I don't, still early time uh, in the winter. The other thing that can happen, by the way, and I would almost guarantee this right before the season, Joe, something's going to happen like right before April. Uh, the last few years, we've seen some trades like right before. The, yeah, we have the right. season. So I, you know. Uh, Kimbrell did a deal last year. Pilar was traded right before the year. And these are not the biggest names of all, but teams kind of know where they're at. I think going into the year, it'll be interesting to see if Cleveland thinks that they can be competitive or not, because if they don't think so, they could do the deal right before the year starts. So I'm looking um, at the depth chart here on the resource and uh, mm-hmm. Christian Arroyo is the only other guy that I think of that can play shortstop on that because he, he did come up with a shortstop at the, at the Giants system. So I guess you could put him and then put Hernandez at second. Because right now, Hernandez would be the starting second baseman. I'm assuming that's the that's yeah, the plan for him. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they do have a little bit of flexibility. But I, I would imagine if you're the Indians, you want to bring in a young shortstop. I mean, the Mets certainly match up if you want to take on Ahmed Rosario or Andres Jimenez, maybe. But um, I don't think the Dodgers are going to move Gavin Lux for, for Lindor. I don't see that happening. Yeah. The thing with Lindor, again, you're only getting two years of control. That's the problem here. You're getting this year and next year. And I don't think that teams are going to overload on that unless you could get unless you're going to sign him to an extension. Yeah. And, like if and you get him and you're like, hey. 300 million so that, you know, that the pool is narrowed to three or four teams. At that million. That's, <laughs> well, there go the well, Mets. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Fair to say a uh, couple of other news and notes. Francisco Cervelli, a one year deal with the Marlins. He'll back up Jorge Alfaro. There's a chance he could get a little bit more playing time. He's had a lot of concussions over the last few years, so not really a fantasy relevant um, player at this point. To catcher leagues, it is. On these stupid two catcher leagues. Yes, it is. Um, and then finally, uh, the White Sox look like they are not done. I did not realize, Joe, that the White Sox and look, I, I know that they're in rebuild mode or they were. But and I thought, yeah, they've you know been in rebuild mode for three years, seven straight years. They've been under 500. I, I didn't even realize wow. that. Wow. Like like the White Sox are one of those the sleepiest teams in baseball, like for both fantasy reality. We like never talk about this team. They're always like the last team we discuss. Uh, but it, it appears as though that they're not done with what they've done so far. They they signed Keuchel, of course, uh, over the weekend, last weekend. And now it looks like they're targeting maybe Edwin Encarnacion, maybe Nick Castellanos. And this is good for their fan base for sure, because it's seven years is a long time to be terrible. And they have. Well, it's a this is a good lineup. I mean, just just looking how deep it is. You got uh, probably Tim Anderson, I would guess, would be leading off here. But then you've got the middle of the order with Moncada, Abreu, Jimenez. Mazzara, Collins is a nice bat. Grandal in the middle of that order now that they signed a catcher. You got Robert coming on his way. My goodness, like that is a lineup that just doesn't quit when you when you look at it top to bottom. I mean, Garcia is the worst guy in there. And uh, I don't who knows. I mean, Mendick, I don't know who's going to start second base there, but 
man, that is a that is a killer lineup. And now, like you said, if Giolito can be that guy at the top and Keiko can give you innings, as long as you get one of these guys, whether it be Lopez or whether it be Cease or maybe Kopech later on to pop, if you can get just one of these guys to pop along with that, that's pretty darn good. I don't get the Encarnacion thing. I don't I don't understand that because you have a Braywood first and you want to get Collins bat in there, especially now that Grandal is behind the plate. So I don't see Encarnacion going there. I think that's that's I don't know where that came from, but that doesn't make any sense at all to me. Does it make any sense to you? Yeah, but I mean, again, extra bat. Uh, if you're trying to compete and you're trying to win, you want to have as much depth as possible. Um, you know, Unless Madrigal, you flip Collins in a deal, like maybe, if that's what you're trying be. to do. Yeah, Madrigal will be their second baseman either this year or next. He's, he's getting close for a first-round pick. So they are really stacked. Um, yeah, I mean, and it would appear that they've done it the right way. Also, Lewis Robert, there's, there's somebody reported that uh, they're close to an extension with him before he even hits the big league so they could call him up opening wow. day this year. So That's, that's uh, terrific. I hope so because that's good for baseball. A lot of steals coming from him, if that's the case. All right, that will uh, do it for uh, this segment. We'll take a quick time out when we come back next. It is time to go over our wish list for the holiday season in sports. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Sports today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. Was this inspired by the Steve Martin SNL bit? Because I love no. that bit. Uh, You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I had one wish. <laughs> no, but I just basically was like, what can we do generically that I could air first? <laughs> there you go. All right. All right three, two, one. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Vish, Joe Pizapia. It is the holiday season, and that means we buy gifts for everyone else and get very little back in return. Honestly, that's kind of the way that I see it. And I really don't ask for much. So I thought that I would ask for a few things this year in sports. And in general, uh, you know, very happy with the way life has worked both personally and professionally for me. So I don't have a lot of requests there. So we'll just limit this to sports specifically. And since Hanukkah is eight nights, and we've been celebrating that here in our household. I thought here on the show we'd celebrate uh, the eight nights here on this show on Fantasy Sports Today and give you some things that I want in sports for the holiday season. And, Joe, I'll start off with number one, um, the Miami Marlins, the team that I cover a lot here in South Florida. Now, again, I am obviously trying to be as impartial as possible, and I don't necessarily root for any team. But when the team that you cover is good, there is more interest. I do have a podcast that does generate revenue based on that listens, downloads and interest and advertisers. And so the Marlins, Joe, being better and somehow being more exciting would certainly help my sports cause in 2020. So I'm going to start off with that one. I would really hope that that happens. I can't say that sitting here right now, it looks like that with the addition of Jonathan VR. I give them maybe a couple more wins. 
but beyond that, they're still going to need to add something else for, I think, that to happen. They'll probably only be a few games better than last year. And when you're only winning 60 games, going from 60 to 65 is not a big jump. No, it's not. And uh, it's one thing to go from 60 to 65 and you have some bright young talents that are really leading the charge there. And is there anybody from a, a prospect standpoint that you're super excited that you think is going to get an opportunity this year with the Marlins that's going to break I think out? They, I think they have a few. Um, but again, if they have five and three work out, that's basically the ratio. So while they have Jesus Sanchez, who they traded uh, from Tampa Bay, they got for Nick Anderson. They have this uh, shortstop uh, Jazz Chisholm that they got in the gallon deal. They drafted J.J. Blade. Um you know, uh, Sixto Sanchez, Edward Cabrera at pitcher. They have all these great names, Joe, but none of them are on the opening day roster. None. So it's a summer type deal and and hope for 2021. But their second half of 2020, Joe, has got to be better than the second half of 2019. Like it, And I know they made trades and that kind of disabled them a little bit, but th- these kids have to come up later in the year to give some hope for 2021. And, I, and look, if they only win 70 games this year, I'm good with that. Uh, but it's it's got to be closer to that than to 50 wins, and, and no one can sit through 50 wins again. All right, uh, second, uh, I'm gonna I'm going to ask uh, for this Hanukkah season for a good Super Bowl, a close game. That's all. And fortunately, we've gotten a lot of these recently. Like this is not the days of the 80s and the 90s where by halftime you were just looking at your boxes or your Super Bowl pools and the stats and the props and just hoping for props to come in. We've gotten good games. So, Joe, I feel like there's a good chance we'll get another good game in the Super Bowl, but I really want that coming up this year. That's that's yep. very important. I hate to have these parties and these Super Bowl events, and the game stinks. And by the way, the game is here in South Florida. I don't think I'm going to go. I don't think so. It feels like I'm not going <clears> to <throat> go. But. You know, you can always do the commercial pool, too. That was always popular in my family. Everybody takes either beer or soft drinks or snack foods, and everybody has investment. That way, when the commercials are on, whoever gets the most commercials right, like the number of commercials, uh, you win a prize at the end. That's that's fun, too. So that's how you keep people involved if the game is bad. Okay. Uh, my third request is that change in the NBA, as has been reported, maybe a uh, halfway through the season tournament, Joe, and kind of splitting the season up in two. This is sorely <laughs> needed in the NBA, huh. and, it's, and it's about time. Um, really like this idea. Yeah, funny. Where where that idea come from a couple of years ago? I wonder. This is why I've been talking about Major League Baseball for two years. Should be doing this, and it may be on my list. Teaser, but yes, yes, please. Especially with these guys sitting every third game and these these rest schedules. Yeah, in the NBA, I'd love to see that too. I I think it would be a terrific thing. Let let's cut down the regular season. Let's make the games more important because if the athletes aren't valuing the games and the franchises aren't valuing the games then why are we watching? Why do we care what happens in a random January NBA game? Yeah, they, this is uh, this has got to be changed. And if your city doesn't have a team that's playing well uh, and is sitting around 500, apathy sets in, and that's the worst thing that can happen in sports is people just not caring. Be great, be terrible, but be in the middle. No one cares. Um, number four, uh, less hot take sports shows, more good take shows. I, and again, I'm... I, I'm not the executive producer or president or a television or radio company. And now I feel like I've been involved in sports for a long time. And I get how at the beginning part of this decade, these kind of came in, these debate shows. They all started from Pardon the Interruption, which, by the way, uh, is the benchmark of all of these shows and still a great show to this day. But they morphed into all of the screaming and yelling and just creating concocted nonsense that I hope is over, Joe, for the next decade. I, and now I don't know what will take over and I don't know what makes it better. Uh, I don't know, you know, maybe it's just me, old man yelling at the cloud. I am just not into these anymore. And I was super into them eight, seven years ago, six years ago. But so many of these uh, morphed into other things that they're just not entertaining anymore. 
I'm watching these guys scream about things that I know that they don't believe in. And, you know, in the production mm-hmm. meetings, you can just see how this is. OK, let's talk about this. Which side right. do you want to take, take you this? Know? And yeah, uh-huh. I, I, I got to be done with it. I'm done. I with think those. I think it's because you and I are on the inside now. We, <laughs> so I think the luster's off the uh, the blooms off the rose a little bit. But I think at the same time, there's also more options out there, too. So I think that's why we're more apt to get tired quicker with the Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp yelling at each other's or the Stephen A. Smith rants and the nonsense because it's all performance art. It's not sports coverage. And it used to be sports coverage and sports debate, and there used to be less competition. But now that there's NFL Network, now that there's MLB Network, there's a lot better actual coverage going on. So ESPN is really the one that's just yelling at the clouds. Yep. All right. uh, Number five out of eight, I'll go with the Florida Gators having a successful 2020, which would include their upcoming bowl game uh, here in South Florida in a few days. Uh, and also a good uh, basketball season. And the only thing that I truly root for these days is really the teams that I bet on, fantasy teams and the Gators. Those are the three things uh, in terms of professional and collegiate sports. Uh, number six, uh, more sports betting analysis. I know that there are some people that are a little disenchanted with this, and I get it uh, because for sure, if I am someone that does not bet on sports, why would I want that integrated into my broadcast? Or why would I want that integrated? And I got to tell you, I agree 100% with that. And that leaves you with so many other choices, though. You don't have to get into it. But for me personally, uh, the more I can learn, the more I can understand. And and I feel like my performance level and my, and my intellect level is extremely very high. But the way that our country is trending and the amount of states that this is going to be legal, people are going to be craving for content, not just here with sports grid, but everywhere else. So I am always up for learning more and more podcasts um, and anything that I can gather from this. I'm into that. That's for sure. That's number six. Number seven, uh, coming up here, less fantasy baseball leagues. I even want to take this down further. I was down to, I think, five last year, if I'm not mistaken, down from eight to five. I'm going to try to get that down to like three this year. I'm trying. But, Joe, I, I do want to say. I'm okay with more fantasy leagues, but they got to be good ones. You know, like I, I got to be in the good fantasy leagues. Now, what quantifies good people who care, people who are not going to quit and people that have some sort of stake in the game. Uh, I do not participate any longer in any fantasy leagues unless they're an industry league that is promoted professionally. I don't do free leagues anymore. I'm done. I'm out. And maybe no, that's an indictment on me, but no. I will not. I will not do them anymore because I know that people don't care. They give up and that ruins the integrity of the league. I won't be in it. No, I, 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 I agree with you. I've scaled back a lot over the last two years in the baseball leagues, and I hate the free ones because it's just, especially for me covering football so early, it just doesn't keep my attention. I was going to invite you to home league. We got a, oh, we got an opening in our 16 team head to head. Oh, points another league. league. I don't know, man. There's money in it and yeah, quality. Not enough people. for me. Not enough for me. I'm in it. Chris Meany's in it. There's a lot. I'm of sure people. they're quality people, but not enough. Yeah. Money. Uh, maybe, maybe not enough money for you. Miss Moneybags Mish. It's got to be a minimum three figures here. Well, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's don't even that, that. That's not even a, a star. No, a I mean, the winner or, took home a grand last year. So yeah, it's not a lot. Yeah. Well, it's not a lot, but we're, you know, everyone's got kids and things like that. So I don't want to put people out at the same time. No, but again, that, that's the biggest misconception for me about these leagues. I understand what you're saying, but it's a six month league. You know, it's not a one day league. If it's a one day league and you're asking somebody to put up a hundred. Okay. But over a six month period, you can't afford $30 a month to put toward it. Like that's $180. Like you got to be able to do that. And that's my uh, my problem with that. Uh, but anyway, in order to prepare for all of these things, of <laughs> course, for Hanukkah, I got to throw in Joe's 2020 fantasy baseball black book. It's coming up soon. So that is on my Hanukkah list as I end with these eight crazy nights here on this uh, segment. Well, I think a free copy is coming your way. That's what I think. I think that's that's exactly what it is. Greg Mish and the Black Book paying off people's uh, (laughs) electric bills on Hanukkah. All those lights. All those lights are expensive at Hanukkah. Yep, the green book. All right, coming up next, we got Joe's (laughs) 
Joe's 12 days of Christmas. He's got his uh, his wish list. And it looks, yeah, mostly sports. Okay, so we'll cover that all next. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS line combinations and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing daily fantasy hockey, Without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. Welcome back to the show. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your holiday season with the family as we head toward another weekend, uh, week 17 in the NFL. Uh, Hanukkah, of course, still very much underway. There is something to be said for the 12 days of Christmas as well, which is uh, underway as well. So, uh, you heard me do my little uh, Hanukkah things that I want in sports, my top eight, because Hanukkah is eight nights. So let's find out what Joe has on his list for the 12 days of Christmas. Joe? All right. On the first day of Christmas, you know what I would wish for? I would wish for Major League Baseball to be fun again. Yes. Bat flipping, fights, personality. I want more fun in my baseball. We get some of it. Uh, I thought the Nationals were super fun. I'm not a fan of the Nationals by any stretch of the means, but I enjoyed their dugout antics. It's fun. I want it to look more like Little League and less like this stuck up. This is the unwritten rules of the game. Oh, I'm so bored and old and tired. Please, can we please save baseball a little bit with a little bit more fun, Craig Mish? Yeah, I, I think that that's coming. Um, the Let the Kids Play campaign was one that uh, you know caught a lot of people's attention. Hopefully this will continue. And Joe, there's no question. Uh, any more personality that you can add to sports is important. So yeah, totally in a God, if you're going to take PEDs away, at least, you know, add some fun. Ugh, give me PEDs back, too. But anyway, that's a story for a different time. Uh, number two, I would like two catcher leagues in fantasy baseball to die once and for all. I can't believe earlier you even said that you agree on this one. I would have thought you're an old, you know, standby kind of traditionalist. No, this makes no I, sense. Oh, it's the dumbest thing ever. And people tell me, well, it's the industry standard. No, it's not. And if it was back in the day, that's because you had catchers like Javi Lopez and Mike Piazza and all these guys who were good offensive players. You have hardly any. There's like four. There's like four good offensive catchers. And that having the second catcher basically undoes any of the good that they do. So what's the point? Stop, kill it, it's dead, over. I agree, it makes no sense, and and, and even... Um, and then you have those AO-only leagues where you play two, like, you guys are nuts in Tout Wars. Don't you play two in that? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a oh. nightmare, Joe. Joe, it makes absolutely, positively no sense whatsoever. 
Uh, I fought with Peter about the points league. He said, here, I've been doing points league for 20 years. I'm the points league guy. People read the black book because I'm the only guy that really covers points leagues here. Here's points league. And they, and they created some other thing where Max Scherzer scores the same amount of points as like Joey Votto did last year. I'm like, well, that, that, that really, that's fun. No, I, that's it's gonna got it. anyway. Now in the mixed leagues, I still hate it, but I can understand it. The only leagues is just, I mean, it's, oh, du- it's it is the dumbest thing ever it's so dumb all right number three i've been on this campaign for several years now Uh, we did a whole special on sleeper in the bus paul sporer and justin mason and i about my our bright ideas to save major league baseball and mine is you hit the 100 game mark or 101 games whatever it is you have the all-star break and then the rest of the season is a season-long tournament like the nba is talking about and i'm going to continue this campaign the major league baseball season is twice as long as any other professional sport it's way too long. You have an opportunity in Major League Baseball in August. Kids are off from school. They got nothing going on. Football hasn't ramped up. People can get into this baseball tournament, get into it like they do the stupid Little League World Series, which is super fun and adorable and great. And people will be up late watching baseball, going out there and playing wiffle ball in the backyard. This is what I want to see. More playoff tournament style baseball. Play the World Series the first week of October and get out. Get out, get done, be done, and then let's turn the page to football. People would enjoy it more. That's that's what I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, number great. four, uh, athletes stop caring about fans heckling you. Enough. We talked about it yesterday. These fans wish that they were you. They wish they were 6'6 and 220 and could shoot a jump shot or could hit a ball, you know, 450 feet. They wish they were you. You're making millions of dollars. They're not. Stop caring so much and let them hurt your feelings, okay? It reminds me of that Simpsons episode where, do you remember where they were yelling at Daryl Strawberry and he had that one tear fall down his cheek? And they were like, ah, they're professional athletes. That rolls off their back. And there's Daryl Strawberry just crying. Now it turned out with Daryl Strawberry <laughs> right. to be true. Right. But at the same time, where are we? Come on, guys. You're making $300 million. $300 million. Who cares if someone on Twitter calls you a punk? Like, who cares, man? It's just... Get over it. All right. Get over it. Yeah. I mean, am I right or am I right? Yeah, it's uh, I, I get it. And, and you know, fans are getting closer and closer to the games as well. But um, yeah, and well to the athletes said. because of social media. Yeah, it's well said. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Number five, I would like the NBA to be watchable again for me. Now, what this would mean is um, obviously step one was getting all the best players not on the same two teams. That has begun to happen. So I, I'm I'm interested. Uh, my daughter's getting into basketball. She's playing basketball. I would like she wants to, and I would like to watch with her and enjoy it. And I would like to see defense come back to basketball, which I know is asking a lot. I know it is, but I would like to see that. I'd like to see basketball like it was it used to be tough, and uh, people were afraid to you know go into the paint. And I don't know, people actually played defense and tried to block a shot and do stuff instead of just everybody just spotting up and hitting threes. Maybe it's a fallacy, but I'd like to wish for it anyway because it's Christmas, Craig. Yeah, I think that uh, that's not going to happen, but it's it's very yeah. it's very wishable. And I I'm in I'm on the same uh, riding the same ship as you on this one with the NBA. Now here in South Florida, we got the best team in the NBA going right you now. You do, uh, so that's been a good thing for for me here in South Florida. But uh, overall, no. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I play. I live here where the Knicks play, so yeah. you don't have to say much more about Forget that. Forget about it. Uh, you want to talk about how bad the White Sox have been bad? <laughs> about how long oh, the Knicks man. have been bad? <laughs> they got yeah. eight power forwards. In, but anyway. just, interestingly enough, uh, we were at you've heard of Dave and Buster's, right? Of course, yeah. Huh? Okay, yeah. So uh, yeah, the whole time. family we went to Dave and Buster's the other day, and Amari Stoudemire was there. And my wife has to take a picture with him. He said no. Wow. How about wow. that? Shocking. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Amari Stoudemire. He's like, I'm, if you're Amari Stoudemire, you should be happy anybody recognizes your ass anymore, Seriously, man. Seriously. Like, I mean, Seriously. Very <laughs> Again, here we go. 
Very you know, be nice to the people who are nice and ignore the people who are rude. Life Obviously, is much I easier. did not want to take a picture, and I was the only one that knew who he was. But you know, my wife's like, oh, he was on the Knicks, right? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway. well, barely. He didn't know. All right, this is a personal one. Number six for me. Patriots, please put some weapons around Tom Brady. If he's going to keep playing for the next couple of years, let's stop screwing around here. All right, go out there and be serious. And I know you tried. I know you tried this year with Antonio Brown. You went out there. You made the deal. I respect that. It didn't work out. All right. But don't lose sight of the prize. The prize is you need somebody, a real big-time wide receiver there with Tom Brady. You desperately need Austin Hooper or somebody at tight end next year. So please, please, New England Patriots, surround Tom Brady with some more guys. Because I don't think Brady's going to quit this year. Do you? I don't think so. Um, but they got to surround him with some more. I, I never rule anything out. Uh, I, I think that if the Patriots won the Super Bowl, that it would go from a 10% chance maybe to a 20% chance. Like I oh, think see, that I that, think it'd be even higher. I think yeah. if you had the I think you I think it would go to 50. I think he'd really have to consider it. Uh, if he if won he this year it would go to 50. I I agree. I yeah. I'm with but you. But I don't but I don't think that they're going to win it. So. All right, this one's a pipe dream too, but whatever. It's Christmas, so I'm allowed to dream. The Mets sure. please stop being a nickel and dime New York team. The emphasis on New York. Just sell the team, Will Ponce, to, to Mr. Cohen. Please, for the love of God, do that. Just step out of the way. I don't want this five-year transition. I want to transition now. Get out. It's why I haven't gone to the ballpark in over five years. I refuse to go and put my money down for the Fred Will Ponds. I can't stand the Will Ponds and the ownership there. But hopefully, hopefully it'll get better soon. Number eight on the same tip. Can Noah Syndergaard please be an ace? No, can, move on. Can, please. <laughs> move on. But Santa, move I on. want it. Move on. Uh, number nine. All right, this is going to be controversial. I want Craig to recognize that I'm right all the time. And when I'm not right, the process was still right. Right, Craig? I mean, there it is. There it is. Thank you. Absolutely. You're right. You've been right every time. Why can't I get Noah Syndergaard to be an ace? Why can't that happen? I love Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, he can for 15 games. He's he's entertaining. He's a good guy. He seems to work hard. He 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 really is. He's fun for the game. It would be great for the game if he was better. But uh, it's it's he's like everything you want to root for. And I just wish he was. He would be. I mean, he had these games a couple of years ago where you're watching, like this guy's going to be the guy. We well, you know what? You know what? My ground. guess is. You know what my guess is is what that is in in the next five years he will have one year that he puts it all together, like Strasburg. He'll have one okay. year. Yeah, like it, we won't know what it's going to be, but but, <laughs> so he but he'll have right a year where you'll go. Finally, it was worth the investment. And then the other four years he will not. But it, it will happen. It will he's just he's just so damn likable and he wanted to stay in New York. He didn't want to get traded. He was, oh, yeah. He does yeah. these funny Twitter things with Mr. Met. And he's, I mean, he's in a I mean, in this day runs and age, on the backfield spring training, I was out there. I got the I was the one who got the video of him running shirtless on the uh, spring training field. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a good guy. But he's just everything um, you want in a New York baseball star. But DeGrom is the man. and He's the two. DeGrom is the man. But that's the thing. He doesn't even have the pressure to be the man. So, I mean, and Matt it's Harvey, the injuries, obviously. bro, it's the injuries. I know. But then like, then Matt, Matt Harvey, Harvey. Who's that? Right. Who's that? Yeah. remember that guy? Remember that guy? <laughs> it's amazing. I think back five, it was just only like five years ago where he yes. was the man. True. Amazing how things change. All right. Uh, where are we at here? Number 10, more leagues to switch to a super flex format in fantasy football. Listen, the quarterback is the most productive position. The league is set up for the quarterback to be good. Stop chasing standard, stupid, old-fashioned leagues like the two-catcher thing. You're chasing these old running backs, and every running back now has a secondary back, and then there's a pass-catching back, and then the third down back, and this guy likes to come out every Friday and play back. Stop. Stop. Let's go to Superflex. Two quarterbacks have to start. 
Now we're talking. Now things get interesting. Well, I don't have to, but you can start two quarterbacks. Let's utilize the most useful position in fantasy football and the highest scoring, please. Can we, Craig? Can we all just make it's that a, the new it's, standard? It's interesting. I don't think it'll be the standard, but I think more and more, t- more and more leagues will go to that for yeah, sure. Yeah, that way Craig can draft Case Keenum again with uh, Keenum Kyle and, Allen. and Manning and get six. My yeah. God, what a what that was the a collection of who's who who should never play in Superflex quarterback Including spots. Me. Including me. Oh, that was that was an amazing run. I, I did. It I made it eight weeks in. All right, you two did. more. All right, two more. More leagues for baseball and football to go to all play and head to head. Stop with this whole complaining. Well, if they can be thinking, well, then shut up and play all play. Just go. It's very yeah. easy. I'm against it's, that one in, in baseball, but okay, it's fine. It, in baseball, let me tell you, it ends up almost becoming a hybrid between the two things, and it rewards the teams that were good all season long, not just for no, short thanks. spurt. I think it's a good, it's all right, a good. Number, okay. number 12, Next. last and final, more fantasy analysts that care more about your team instead of their ego. That's what I would like for Christmas, Craig. Okay. Well, uh, the, uh, I w- I'm on board with you with all of them except number 11. And uh, unfortunately, 12, we have no shot. But that will do it for our Christmas wish list, our Hanukkah wish list. Coming up next, if you have not been paying that close attention because you were out in fantasy football over the last few weeks, you may be surprised to hear who finished really strong this year. We'll give you that next one. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Hang on one second. Let me just bring this back up because I think it shut down on me. Okay. Okay. I think I'm just going to air this show on Thursday. I think you should, dude. It's It's very generic. It's generic. It's entertaining. I, I was I was shooting for that, hoping that you could reuse some stuff. I'm, 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 I'm going to try here. Uh, I don't think they care personally, but I think I will. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish, Joe Pizzapia here with you on the show as we get closer to the end of the regular season in football. Just to give you an idea, as far as our uh, programming, um, we are Joe and I are going to continue to cover football, of course, because we have the NFL playoffs and we have the Super Bowl. We also have... Uh, We're we're in the midst of the college bowl season that's coming to an end as well. But just to give you an idea how we will shift some of our content in January, of course, uh, my primary focus is baseball, although I think it's obvious from listening to this show for the last five months, I'm very much up on everything that goes on in football every single day from fantasy to betting. But uh, baseball is for sure my primary sport. So in January, what we'll start to do is shift over to kind of like a 50-50 content here on the show. If you listen to us every day, we'll do like half baseball, half football, uh, and then, of course, when we hit February, we'll go basically all in on baseball at that point. Uh, for those of you who are still interested in football, totally get it. it. It is a year-round sport. I personally don't think from a fantasy perspective there is any interest for me to cover fantasy football in February, March, April, May, June. Uh, Joe feels a little bit differently than I do on July. And, you know, when we get to July, we'll attack it at that point. But for uh, me, for the next six months, it's all about helping you win in fantasy baseball and uh, reporting on reality baseball, give you guys some breaking stories and news and things of that nature. So that's kind of how we will shift over 
once the new year comes, we're only a couple of year, a couple of weeks away from that. So that is how we will do fantasy sports today as we evolve into the show in 2020. Uh, speaking of which, Joe, the, the, the funny thing that happens, and this goes for baseball probably more than it does for football, because I still feel like when you're out of a fantasy football league, while you won't pay attention to teams and fantasy points, and I made that case last week, you still probably watch some games here and there and just kind of see who's doing what. And I think that people are aware, as an example, that Kenyon Drake was a stud the last few weeks. Like People know mm-hmm. that. But looking at the overall perspective, I don't think that they would know um, exactly what went down. No, and and I think that it's very important to look at the end trends as trends that could potentially carry over in 2020, because if you pay attention to last year, some of those trends with, let's say, a DJ Moore at the end of last year, you were ready and prepared and you own DJ Moore this year. Same thing with Chris Godwin. There was a lot to be taken out of the last couple of weeks of the season. Now, I'm going back here two months because it's a bigger sample size. So this is right before Halloween. Obviously, let's start with the running backs. Christian McCaffrey, still (laughs) unbelievable. He's got over 1,300 all-purpose yards, almost 1,400 just in the last two months, Craig, over the last 60 days. That is is an incredible stat there, and he's got nine touchdowns over that span. Uh, Aaron Jones with the second. And again, this is in PPR scoring. So even though Aaron Jones doesn't catch the football a ton, Aaron Jones was number two. If you can believe it, because of the huge last couple weeks, Saquon Barkley, has gotten to number three. So everybody that was ready to write him off next year, he's always not a top overall pick. I think you should slow your roll with that and realize that look how good he's been at the end. Look how he's jumped up here. He is literally the number three in a 158 right now heading into the end. And I bet you didn't think in the last two months of the season, Saquon Barkley was the third overall scoring running back. Uh, you know, I, I did because of this past week. And look, you're uh, in terms of running back two this months. Season, Right, but th- but if but take away this past week, okay? Because mm-hmm. okay. with all due respect, uh, Barkley um, in the Super Bowl, if you got to that point, week sixteen, how many individual running back games all season long were better than that game that Barkley had this past week? I would say exactly. no, what, two, three, four, right. five at the most, the whole right, year. But that's why I tried not to do it for the last thirty days because I thought that would no, I understand that. So I, over I the last sixty, but that, but that game was an absolute. It was. I mean, the, the reception. And that's why, and that's a but, reminder of why he's still that kind of talent. And yeah, as long as yeah, he's healthy, I, that he's back in him, that number three spot. Number yeah, two I would spot say, next year. yeah, top three. Yeah, I would say. All top, right. I, I probably won't go down the road, but yes, you're right. He'll be in the top three for sure. Despite the fact that, again, PPR scoring, he sometimes gets a bad knock and he's missed basically the last two games. Derrick Henry is still number four overall. And that is with a 152. So that is an incredible thing. Ezekiel Elliott is five. And again, I'm going to keep pounding the table here till you come along with me. Number six, Miles Sanders in PPR scoring at a 145. He has more fantasy points than Kenyon Drake, Leonard Fournette, more than Mark Ingram, more than Austin Eckler in PPR, more than Chris Carson, more than Todd Gurley. So over the last two months, two months, Miles Sanders has really emerged as the guy that I think you can feel good about. And I don't think next year we're going to go back to this. Well, we're going to move in this guy and that guy. Uh-uh. Right. It's going to be his gig. I and there so. will be a lot of people scared off still not buying in and not paying attention to this trend. Yeah, no, I, I hope so. He's a dynamic player without a doubt. There's not a lot of really good comps for him because he's, he's sort of a runner he's and a pass catcher. Yeah. yeah. He's and, um, he, I don't think he's ever going to be a 30 carry game, but he could be a 20. Like there's, there isn't really a guy like that in the NFL. He's really interesting for me next year, for sure. Kenyon Drake, obviously with a huge finish. He was number seven, uh, 142. Leonard Fournette, despite the fact that that team folded up the tents and they have not been good, he's still number eight. 
Melvin Gordon, surprisingly, was number nine on this list, if you could believe it, over the last 60 days. And old man Mark Ingram, even though he missed last week, still number 10. Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, right on the bubble there, along with Chubb and, and Carson. So a pretty good finish for some of these guys. To me, the one big takeaway is definitely, without a doubt, where Miles Sanders is because it's been very quiet. And it's been almost, despite all the negativity of everybody who was so high on him and then got disenfranchised and traded him in Cup 8. And I traded for him in flex. Matt Modica traded me him uh, for Devin Singletary. That worked out. It turns out that even though Devin Singletary is super talented, Sanders was the better fantasy back. Uh, all right. Obviously, wide receiver. Everybody knows it's Michael Thomas. Who's the number two? Craig Miss, you want to take a guess over the last 60 days who the number two fantasy wide receiver is in points and PPR? Oh, the number two guy. Um, this one might hit close to home. Perryman? Perryman? I'm giving you a hint. Close to home. Oh, Parker. Yeah. Devante freaking Parker. 160 points. Now, granted, just for perspective, Michael Thomas is at 210 <laughs> over the last wow. 60, 210 points in the last 60 days for him. Devante Parker, 160 at number two, but still 46 for 781 and six touchdowns over that span. That is a pretty impressive. It run, is Craig. impressive, man. Yeah, I, I and I got to tell you, like, I, I will, you know, look, I, I don't know about uh, Parker. I, I may you know change my mind on him depending on who the quarterback is. But it's it's well, ironic it. that, that both Parker and Drake are probably two guys that I'll be completely off next year. But I, I just I am not going to be sold. I don't know. If that beer, the pirate comes back to play quarterback. I might be in again on Parker. I just I don't know. It's just I feel like I feel like they've just figured it out. And I feel like now that Gase is gone. I mean, what's the common denominator with those guys, right? They don't play with it, Adam Gase. It's very true. Anymore. It's just crazy to think that with the success that Tannehill has had in Tennessee, that he couldn't get Parker more involved. Like, I, it's, but look, it's okay, well, we just did it again. It can't so, all be Gase. It well, cannot. Well, wait a minute. Tannehill, good this year. Drake, good this year. Parker, good this year. Le'Veon Bell, bad this year. What's the well, common denominator? I, I know. Here? I know. I just can't tie it all together. I. I it, well, it does. It, <laughs> It, it it makes sense. You 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 put a puzzle together that fits perfectly. But I mean, I, I I'm not trying to. This is not the JFK assassination here. I'm not trying to like you know go Oliver Stone on you here. It's just, it's not that hard. It's not a difficult puzzle. It's not like it's not like one of those thousand piece puzzles. It's like one of those kitty puzzles that has the pegs that you look, hold when you put you, it in. They traded JJ. Won the Super Bowl. I could keep oh, going. Look, a, a dolphin. Yay! Look, I put a dolphin in the puzzle, Daddy. Look at me. All right, number three, DeAndre Hopkins. Believe it or not, even though the much maligned, he wasn't as good as he should have been. Still number three at 152, right on his tail. I've been telling you for a while now, Kenny Galladay has emerged as that guy. Doesn't matter the matchup. Doesn't matter the quarterback. You got to keep playing him no matter what. Now, you'd like more catches. He only had 37, but he did have seven touchdowns over that span. Jarvis Landry was number five. DJ Moore was number six, despite missing this past week's game. Julian Edelman, not 100%, still number seven. Julio Jones, consistent as ever, number eight. Mike Evans. Still at number nine. Can you believe it? Mike Evans, because of some of those huge games yeah. and missing the last couple weeks, still at number nine. And I'll get I'll give you one more shot at number 10. I'll give you a hint. He's been incredibly consistent, despite the fact his quarterback has been nothing but inconsistent. Uh, James Washington. Um, a little uh, better than that. But you're in. I'll tell you what. He plays in a cold weather place. Give you Beasley? one more hint. Oh, no. Brown. John Brown. N- nope. Nope. Allen Robinson. Your boy, John Brown was oh. number 13. Yeah, but I had Allen I had Allen Robinson this year and, and he's he's a really good receiver. But yeah, yeah just but. missing the top 10 Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin and John Brown and A.J. Brown, who got up to number 14 ahead of Devonte Adams oh. and Debo Samuel. So that's kind of that grouping there. So it's clearly a lot to take away from that grouping. I'm curious what kind of 
you know, from that list there. Were you surprised John Brown wasn't in the top 10? Yeah, I was surprised to hear that. Yeah, a little bit. I know Beasley has, has uh, two weeks ago against New England. Was it against New England? No, against... Uh, this past week was New England, Saturday. Yeah, he played well against New England. It was two weeks ago that he didn't really do much. But um, yeah, Buffalo's got a pretty good thing going here. It would not surprise me at all to see them uh, win. I mean, the, the joke that's being made right now is... Uh, I, I don't forget, was it, I don't know who said it, but uh, that Saturday, wildcard weekend... Playoff weekend, game one, four thirty Eastern, Buffalo, Houston. Like lock it in. Like there's just no <laughs> like there's no other choice. Like there's, uh, there's it's you know definitely not Saturday game, night. Though. Buffalo's fun, man. Oh like no, I'm watching all the oh look, we're all watching. I know you're watching, all, but I'm like all the playoff games, yeah, but, but it's like what's look, the least Buffalo, desirable game? Listen, yeah. I was on air Buffalo, live on Tennessee, this network. Right? That, do you remember that Blake Bortles was at the six three game with Tyrod Taylor and Blake Bortles? a couple years ago that was the worst football game i've ever seen and i was on air live in game live standalone game on this network for three hours and i at a certain point after the first 90 minutes i was like listen i'm just gonna tell you fun football stories <laughs> like because this is the worst game ever um here you go tight end let's fly around tight end and quarterback real fast tight end obviously no surprise last six days kelsey number one Ertz number two kittle number three no surprise there that's the ranking who is number four craig mish tight ends uh, last 60 days johnny smith no, it's not Johnny Smith. Cook. That's cute. Cook. Correct. Jared Cook at 111. Unbelievable. He is a point ahead of Mark Andrews. So there you go. If Cook is back in that offense next year, as long as Drew Brees is there, I think you go back to that well. Darren Waller is sixth after Andrews. Tyler Higby has gone all the way to seventh. Craig, a couple weeks ago, Tyler Higby was the number 31 tight end on the fantasy board. Now he is number seven after this week. Yeah, well, uh, Everett was hurt, and they mm-hmm. went more to him, and then they finally realized, wow, he could be a weapon. So I would think that he'll have some helium next year. For sure. Mike Gusecki might have some, too, as a oh, darling sleeper tight end, but I don't, I'm not buying it. I am Move just on, saying, bro. Johnny Smith, I'm buying. I'm just yeah, saying no, where he's finishing. Johnny Smith, I agree. Gusecki, I think that they tried to inflate his value a little. If the also. Eagles trade Zach Ertz and go with Goddard, what? who is number nine, over, well, he, they could. It's the last year of his wow. deal. You have another tight end. You could use some more picks to spread it around. I don't think it's impossible. Uh, that's, Jacob that's, Hollis. That's by the way. That's the te- the one team that shouldn't do that because even if they get a new wide receiver, they don't have enough. They, but even they getting have one Goddard still to play time to be that pass catching yeah, tight end. Maybe so. Maybe. And so. from a cap standpoint, Craig, if you're not signing Zach Ertz to a long term deal, then you would make a lot of sense to trade him this offseason. Maybe because so. you can get a ton for him. He's at his peak value. People look at one year. It's not a big commitment, but you all of a sudden the cap space frees up to really get better on defense and wide receiver. Um, Jacob Hollister is 10. Hunter Henry's 11. Ryan Griffin and Johnny Smith tied for 12th. So there you go with, of course, Noah Fant and uh, Kyle Rudolph for Christmas right in there in the last, but certainly not least the quarterbacks. My goodness. Lamar Jackson. We got about a minute one. left, by the way. Here we go. Lamar Jackson, 307 fantasy points in a six point mm-hmm. touchdown league. Yep. The next guy, Jameis Winston, 275. Need I say more? <laughs> like that is unbelievable that those two guys are the one and two the polar opposites <laughs> in terms of gameplay and everything going on oh, but yeah. there's your one and two so all right well a good breakdown to uh to give you guys for the end of the 2019 fantasy football season we will have the end of this show coming up next it is the two minute warning before we send it over to full-time fans coming up at the top of the round. DailyRoto.com. 
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up our show, it is time for the two-minute warning. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your sh- together. Is that going to be enough time? All right, we end the show with the two-minute warning, and coming up this weekend it is the game or games that everybody has been waiting for. No, not in the NFL, but we've got the college football playoff on deck, and I got to tell you, I am super excited, especially to see Clemson take on Ohio State. You're talking about two of the most high-powered, potent offenses, quarterback, running back, receiver, in the country to see these two teams face off. And you know what? Las Vegas doesn't even know who should be favored in this game. Ohio State opened up as a one-point favorite. Now they're a two-point underdog. Yeah, probably LSU beats Oklahoma. They're a huge favorite. Probably a lot of points scored in the game. Hard to side with a team that's 14-point underdogs to a team like LSU that has the Heisman Trophy winner. But I got to tell you, that game between Ohio State and Clemson has a chance to be one for the ages, and I can't wait for it coming up this weekend. All right, those of you who are looking for your fantasy football and DFS fix, coming up next, it is Dr. Roto with Full-Time Fantasy. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Hope you guys have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern.